0: Dunavant is a family-owned business that has the knowledge to ensure global and domestic shipping practices are efficient and effective. Dunavant generates supply chain proficiency with outstanding, attentive, and expedient customer service. For more information, visit Dunavant.com.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Small Fleet and Owner Operator Summit here at FreightWaves. My name is Kevin Hill, and I am head of research here at FreightWaves. I have a special guest for us. We're going to talk about the do's and don'ts uh, as a small fleet and, and owner operator. And here with me right now is Drew Herpik. He's a CCO, Chief Commercial Officer of Transportation Insight and NTG. Drew, thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you having me on, Kevin. Let's uh, jump into it. Let's talk about the do's and don'ts of 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 working with uh, you know 3PLs or, or brokerages as uh, as a small fleet or owner operator. So um, if you want to start off the the, the do's, we'll, we'll go over the do's, and then we'll go over the don'ts.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and when I think about this, there, there's so many do's to do on this, right? I, th- I think the biggest one that I think about today and where this landscape of this industry is going. It's making sure that you're working with a broker that has a technology offering and capabilities, right? More visibility to you, more automation, faster pay. Those are the type of things that you're going to want to work with uh, as a carrier on a day-to-day basis with the broker that you're working with. Um, The biggest thing I think that, you know, it's misunderstood a little bit, though, from these technology offerings is you better have a carrier expert as well with you, right? These these people that are going to be helping you make the decision on a day-to-day basis with that technology offering is very important. You know, for instance, on our end, we have a digital logistics platform of Beyond it really helps carriers find loads and gets paid faster, right? And so those are some of the things from a technology offering I would really look into. I think the other thing on the technology piece is how you run your business on that day-to-day basis, right? The route optimization, the load matching, more of you being able to go drive and not worried about taking the time to find your load on a day-to-day basis. Um, I think another big do would be your one point of contact. I think too many carriers... Um, get into brokerages and don't have that solid point of contact where they're bouncing around from rep to rep. I think a big point is to get that one solid contact at that company. That way, every load and shipment that you're working with, you understand exactly what you're getting from at the end of the day, that trust, that building, that relationship. And at the end of the day, that broker to you is really a consultant of how you should run your business and, and really how you should look at you, know, how you're generating your revenue. Um, another thing I think about dues wise, you know, you know, it, Yeah. I think another thing that I think about from dues wise is your payment terms, right? And the credibility that you get behind it. What days are they looking to pay? How quickly are they paying? What are the fees that are behind that? Really understanding those payment terms will really help you generate that revenue you need and making sure that you're getting paid on the days that you need to get paid. And lastly, a big do for myself would be just making sure you're partnering with the brokers of scale. You know, today out there, I think some of the facts say, it's around 20,000 plus brokers out there. You have a lot of choices that you can choose from. And when I think about that, the offerings, um, the different payments and things like that go into that. But really, you want to make sure that you're working with a broker that can scale, that has enough freight to fill you, that you don't have to call 40, 50 different brokers in any given day. And that broker is able to really penetrate you the loads that you need for your day-to-day business.
1: I think it goes back to the the relationships, right? You you have to have a relationship with really one point of contact or as few contacts as possible, whether that's over multiple uh, 3PLs or freight brokerages or within the same one as well. It's just building that relationship and having, uh, you know, building the relationship with a broker that has an organization that can scale. So it can offer you those multiple loads. And then, of course, the technology to limit exceptions as well as Pay payments and, and payments on time, right? I mean, that's what you're, you're kind of looking for a, as a whole.
0: Yeah. And I think one thing that you hit on there, Kevin, that, that I'd love to bring up too technology is a great thing for our industry, right? It's going to be moving it forward. Um, technology keeps coming in every single day. The one thing technology will never be able to replace, though, is how somebody feels, right? And that relationship that you're able to make uh, with those brokers. I see so many times uh, how, how these relationships grow over the years. That to me is such an important piece. Of of that broker piece at the end of the day,
1: and and as a broker or three PL right, I mean you should, you, it, it should be set up to where it is easy, easy for carriers to do business with you, right? The the the, the buyer's journey, as we say in sales, also reflects the, the small fleets and owner operators, and really having uh, the technology and the system and processes and relationship in place. to to make it very easy for carriers to do business with you?
0: Yeah. Well, one word we use is kind of that one-touch solution, right? But that seamless approach at the end of the day, right? When you you think about that seamless approach from the onboarding standpoint, uh, from searching for your loads, and then all the way to payment, uh, the more seamless it is for you, the easier it is for you to concentrate on what you do best, and that is always driving.
1: Uh, keep driving keep the wheels turning uh be able to to define the, the the best lanes that that fit within what you need to do what your network is um to, to, to be as profitable as you can be yep yeah so those are some of the dos what are some of the the,
0: the don'ts here yeah the, the, the don'ts you know these are some of the things that i would focus on um if i was running my carrier operation you know i, I think the biggest thing is you know don't ignore your operating costs, right? When, you, when you're working with a broker and how that looks, right? The time, and when I say that to the operating costs, the time, time is money at the end of the day, right? The back and forth, uh, whether it be from what you're debating on a, a certain load from a rate standpoint, or whether it's going back and forth on detention, you want to make sure that you're looking at your time and your operating costs when you're working with a broker. Um, you know, another big thing is out there, So we talked about the 20,000 brokers out there, I would be very cautious of working with a broker that's under 12 months, right? They probably don't have enough freight for you on a day-to-day basis. And they're probably not maybe stable enough from a payment standpoint as well, too. The last thing that you want to be worrying about is a broker going bankrupt or not being able to pay you in the time for the business that you've done. Um, the one thing, too, you know, don't dismiss technology. You know, I think the one thing uh, in our industry for years is, is I don't need technology. I don't need this data. You know, I, I kind of compare it to the pro sports a little bit, right? For all those years in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s, a lot of athletes didn't look for that competitive advantage, right? And you think about some of the things today that they're doing from like data and analytics and making their bodies better and, and on a day-to-day basis for those athletes. I think it's the same thing for the, the driver, right? We need to make sure that you have what you're, you're best at. And I think some of the analytics and data that can really help you make the best decisions at the end of the day. Uh, and I think the other thing, the last thing I'd probably say on don'ts, don't lean too heavily into these market cycles, right? These market cycles are going to come and go. We've seen a lot of them over the last, you know, 15, 20 years of, uh, of trucks coming into the market, trucks coming out of the market, demand. Make sure that when you are investing in, into your operation, that you're being cognizant of this, right? Obviously, you want to make sure that, you know, you're on one side of the cycle, you understand when you're coming into that cycle. I think that's really, you know, appropriate for you to understand the investments that you're going to make, how you look at uh, your, your parts and things like that as well for your truck uh, that can really help you scale over time.
1: You're exactly right, and when you say let's start from the top on that, that don't don't ignore your operating costs going into business with a broker. What are some of the, the key metrics that that small fleets owner operators should should keep in mind whenever they're developing a relationship with a three PL with a freight broker, uh, and and how that affects their operating costs or how that revenue uh, affects their decision-making process.
0: Yeah. yeah. W- one thing we do offer is obviously contract freight to our, 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 our small carriers. But I think the one thing that a lot of carriers don't realize with working with a broker uh, that sometimes th- there's a blind spot on that is that fuel, right? Because we talk in these all-in spot rates all the time. And I think sometimes that, that fuel surcharge uh, can have a big impact on you, right? The, the, the day of the week, when you're taking that load, when you accept that load. And those are some of the things that you got to really look at, right? If fuel is going up or fuel is going down, some of those things are, are, are some of the big things to, to really look at. I, al- I also think, too, you know, it, it's um, kind of a, a dead word in the industry, but you hear this old word of backhaul all the time, right? You, know, you need to make sure at the end of the day that you're looking out for your business and, and what that really means, right? Are you supporting your customers and trying to get back to that freight? or using that broker to actually generate revenue on your day-to-day basis. Those are the things that you really need to look at that go into your operating costs.
1: Yeah, maybe we should, we should uh, coin a new term for backhaul, because backhaul has a lot of negative con- connotations. It's like a 50 cents to the truck. It's is, is kind of what registers in, in a lot of people's mind, uh, where you know a, a real backhaul is just a, a lane that fits within the, the network, getting you to the next point, uh, to To where there's there's more money in a, in a load, but it's it's a load that you need. Oftentimes, for small fleets who have a, a couple of local shippers as customers, that that backhaul is getting back to to load for your main primary customer um, to, to to move loads outbound again, keep the lights on, um, put money in your pocket. But you need to develop relationships with those three PLS, with those brokers, especially if you have irregular outbound lanes getting back in. Those are backhaul lanes. doesn't mean then that you should do it for super cheap, but it should make sense. You should know your operating costs. You should know what your backhaul rate should be to, to maximize your profit because you have to throw time in there. I think that is That is probably one of the most undervalued uh, items, not only in business and trucking, but in, in life in general is time. It is really your most scariest resource.
0: Yeah. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that too, Kevin. And just having the flexibility to that, right? You know, again, I hate using the word backhaul, but to your point, getting back to that source of revenue that generates the most money for you, right? Whether that be your customer or another broker, whatever it might be, making sure you get back to that, right? And that flexibility of being able to find those loads for you to get back to that customer or that broker uh, is so important for these carriers.
1: It is. It's all about optionality, right? So uh, you, you have a different Uh, to to do the backhaul lane, or even or let's just say backhaul lane, right? You have optionality, and you have to think about all the options. You know, whether you're going to do a triangle, whether you're going to sit for six more hours, you have to factor all that time and optionality into that rate, uh, just like you do with with deadhead deadhead miles as well. You know, you're always, as a small fleet owner-operator, you're always factoring in those deadhead miles and and, and calculating that and attacking that, especially when you're working for a freight broker, Whenever you're working with all-in rights, you're factoring that into your rate right, as well. So time should be in there as well. And, and that piece
0: right there too, Kevin, that's that's why I think the two points we talked about earlier are so important is, are you using that technology, the data and the analytics and things that go behind that to make those decisions? And then are you trusted You know, with the broker that you are working with? Like I said, they should be looking out for your business and kind of almost looking like as a consultant for you on a day-to-day basis of where you need to get to uh, to maximize your revenue at the end of the day.
1: And, you know, if you work on a freight broker right now and they aren't uh, acting like a consultant or a business consultant helping you out, uh, it's time to go find a new freight broker to, to, to work with, develop a new relationship, because uh, I've always thought of it as outsourced sales. You're outsourced sales, outsourced revenue management, um, and if you're not being treated like like that, it's time to to define a a new partner. And that goes same for shippers too. If Shippers aren't partnering with you, aren't helping you out, um, designing. um, If what you're doing is not profitable, it's time to do something else. I guess that's the bottom line of of, of it all, right?
0: Well, and to your point too, time is so important. Having that one point of contact to get back to you, right? Or understanding how their operation looks 24 seven when you get to a shipper at 11 PM at night and can't get that pickup number, right? These are different avenues that you're able to use, right? Having that technology product, a portal or an app or things like that, uh, that, that we offer at the end of the day. I think that's so important to these carriers uh, because the one thing that I've noticed over the years as well, too, the hours that maybe me and you work today, Kevin, a carrier is maybe not working that and right and being able to get access, accessible uh, information to loads uh, to, to information, uh, whether it be at 11 p.m. at night or 2 a.m., that can really help drive their business going forward because of when they have pickup and delivery shipments.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really great point, Drew, is, is leveraging that technology. You know, you don't have to vet a small fleet under operators. If you have the right partners, you don't have to invest in that technology. You don't have to worry about that because that's going to be provided to you as part of the, the service. And you should really expect that and, and demand it as well. I agree. How about fuel surcharges? We, 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 you mentioned fuel surcharges and kind of knowing your operating costs. And uh, I don't have to tell you, diesel is a, a big story right now. Uh, it's a tad bit high and expensive. Uh, so, what are you seeing out there, and what should small fleets and owner operators really, uh, when we talk about fuel surcharges? What questions should they be asking? How they should how should they be calculating that in all in rate? What should they do to to protect protect themselves?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where they need to be able to break it out, right? They need to be looking at this on a on a weekly basis, right? Obviously, there's different um, formats that you can follow and, and get these fuel surcharges from. Um, but each customer and broker is a little bit different on how they run their fuel surcharge and things like that. But I think the, the thing to your point is, what is your really your line haul rate for that lane, right? Because fuel is always going to fluctuate, right? We're always going to have the ups and downs from fuel. Uh, obviously, right now with what we're uh, looking at today, fuel is at one of its highest points, and so I think it's one of those things that kind of gets lost into the all-in rate sometimes, right? Because I think what what carriers look at is, hey, I I haul this lane for fifteen hundred bucks right. But if fuel is going up, maybe that lane should be 16 or 1700 bucks for you, uh, at that time. So I think really understanding your line haul for those different rates. If you're going from Chicago to Atlanta on a daily basis, you should understand your line haul as X. And then when fuel fluctuates, you understand how that looks from an all in standpoint.
1: And I think a good rule of, um, a good rule of, and, and something for small fleets and our operators to, to look out for if you're talking to a broker, uh, if you have a relationship with a broker and they want to, uh, to gloss over a hide fuel surcharges and don't want to have a conversation about it, it's time to to look for a new partner Um, because there's a reason for that. And, you know, I was a freight broker one time and I know that reason.
0: Yeah, and I think to your point, there should be no hidden costs, especially with today, right? The transparency. And those are some of the things I think too, Kevin, at the end of the day that you do get working with a technology partner, uh, like a larger brokerage, right? And so those are some of the things that we offer Uh, to ensure that you get the transparency, right? There's no hidden fees, it's broken down, making sure that you understand at the end of the day what's going into your operating costs because every driver has different operating costs, whether it be from the insurance to the driver, to the tractor, uh, to the trailer, uh, to your lease payments, whatever it might be. And so for you to understand that part from the broker, it's a very important part.
1: It is. You talk about transparency. We're talking about fuel surcharges. There's accessorials too, right? That's another another part that that you need transparency about. Uh, detention. Uh, do not order truck truck not used. Um, so there are a few tarping charges, uh, and, and those are often uh, maybe not detention, but tarping um, lumpers. Sometimes that's that's folded into the all-in rate too, and that's something to to, to in your mind you need to break out. Well, and I think about accessorial
0: programs all the time, right? Uh, we go back to being time, being money, right? That's time that you're sitting and it's dead time for you. And then on top of that, if you've got to wait for that customer to approve that accessorial for you, that's more time before you get your money, right? And so you might get your line haul and your fuel played. I'm a big believer in this. You should be working with a broker that's going to pay you out right away, whether the customer pays them or not. That's why you're using that broker at the end of the day. I think those are some of the advantages of uh, of working with a smart broker.
1: Yeah, a Broker Scale uh, again is someone uh, is, is a company that that can do that. If you, if you're looking at um, one or two person operations, that have been business less than a year. Uh, oftentimes, they don't have the, the the cash flow to front that detention uh, detention truck order not use uh, certain fees that that might come in after it, because we all know that that things happen in logistics. You know, you show up and, um, and a warehouse or, or, or plant has closed early or there's nobody to unload you. you got to stay overnight. Uh, and that spirals into uh, real cost that, that you're operating, bottom line, you're operating profit in real time very quickly. Yep. And, that, and that's why, too, Kevin,
0: at the end of the day, that relationship can be such key for you, right? If you're doing one shipment here, one shipment there, you're not building that relationship. And those are sometimes where a carrier um, can get can get the wrong end of it, right? Of not being paid out that accessorial. And so I think it's such an important thing to be working with a broker that wants to build a relationship with you, um, where you're helping each other out.
1: Yeah, you don't want to, as a small fleet owner operator. You don't want to be a one and done carrier uh, with with a dozen different freight brokerages or three pl's, right? You want to to build a relationship with that one, two, uh, three you know, maybe three or four freight brokerages and, and have your, your main point of contact, but your main uh, freight brokerage that, that 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 kind of moves your wheels, gets you on loads. Uh, it just makes life simpler.
0: Couldn't agree more with you. I think of it almost like an airline or a hotel, right? Find one or two of them, stick with it, build, build that camaraderie with them, uh, build that relationship with them, whether it be points, awards, uh, different ways to access loads quicker. Those will really help you out as a small owner operator at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it's hard to build build miles on five different airlines at once. You got to pick one, take the good with the bad, and and go all in to, to get those rewards. Yep. Yeah. Uh, any parting thoughts on on anything else that, that you'd suggest to small fleet owner operators and 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 building relationships?
0: Yeah, I think the last thing I would say, you know, especially just in, in today's day and age, you know, if it's too good to be true make sure you maybe double check it, right? You know, and maybe do some research on the company or look at them a little bit more. I think there's so many different outlets today um, being able to access, you know, these companies and understand what they actually do. And so, you know, if somebody's offering you a lane, you know, at 2000 bucks and the market's paying 1500, maybe you should double check it a little bit, make sure it's not too good to be true, but always make sure that you're protecting yourself at the end of the day.
1: I is exactly right. And transparency goes both ways too. So as a small fleet owner-operator, being transparent to the, the freight brokers, freight broker out there as well, because there are a lot of double brokering schemes going on, a lot of chameleon carriers out there. So um, having your ducks in, in a row as, as well helps you out in the vetting process and, and building that the other part of that relationship. Couldn't agree more. Uh, thank you very much, Drew, for, for dropping by. Uh, here at the small fleet and Owner our operators summit today, it's been a pleasure.
0: I appreciate you having me, Kevin.
1: Uh, and for our, all of our, all of our viewers out there, uh, stay tuned because we have more action coming up next.